Hello and welcome to another edition of the China in Africa podcast. I'm Eric Olander, and as always, I'm joined by Kobus van Staden of the University of Johannesburg Center for African Foreign Policy and Diplomacy. Good afternoon, Kobus. Good afternoon. Well, today we're going to focus on Chad, and that's a country that really doesn't come up very often in the news, particularly as it relates to China in Africa, uh, in part because there, well, there really isn't much going on in Chad that the Chinese are interested except for, wait for it, oil. Not surprisingly, uh, Chad has been one of the, the kind of the spots that uh, has been very difficult for the West to go for, in part because, um, you, you know, they've had a number of human rights issues over the years. The World Bank has had a very complicated relationship with, with Chad. And uh, in, in recent years, the CNPC, who's also had a really touchy relationship with the government there, uh, made progress. And, and really, we're going to talk today about the, the suspension of, of China National Petroleum Corporation's operations in Chad and also the broader Chad relationship with China as a whole. So, Kobus, tell us a little bit about what brought to an end, uh, at least, again, we're getting conflicting reports. Uh, what the, the international media reports say all operations of CNPC were stopped. The China Daily came out a couple days later and said that's not true. Some operations were stopped, but others are ongoing. So we're not entirely sure what was what's been stopped and what the level of the cut of the shutdown has been. But there was a shutdown of some degree. Tell us about what happened. So CNBC runs two major operations in Chad. One is um, is oil crude oil exploration, which which takes place um, at an oil field about 200 uh, kilometers south of N'Djamena, um, and then they also run an oil refinery. Um, so the oil minister recent of Chad recently visited this uh, this oil refinery um, and saw that there were there was apparently major crude oil spills. Um, he accused them of of spilling some crude oil on purpose in order to to save money, um, and also um, you know kind of ditches of crude oil that was apparently polluting the environment and Chadian workers without um, protective gear being made to clean that up. So um, he called <clears throat> the situation intolerable. And according to who you're reading, he either shut down the operations completely, or he uh, is in, in, you know, or the uh, CNPC is working with the with the, the Chadian government to clean it up, and they and you know, kind of some of the operations that the, the uh, refinery is still running. So um, the Western, you know, Western news agencies like the BBC, like Reuters and AFP, um, said that everything has been shut down. China Daily and I think Xinhua said that um, that you know, kind of the refinery is running, or China Daily said the refinery is running, Xinhua said CNPC is working with the Chadian government to clean it up within 10 days. Yes, they said that the cleanup is in fact underway, which is not entirely surprising that oftentimes uh, the Western media does cover the initial story and then doesn't do the follow-up. So so that there, there may be some truth to this, but uh, we, we should kind of put a, a footnote in, in before we get too deep into our podcast here, uh, Kobus, that you and I are, are not entirely the most competent people to be talking about this subject because Chad is, is a little bit off the radar for us as our normal. Uh, and there's really one yeah. guy you want to follow, actually two, I'll, I'll kind of point out. Uh, Romain Dickin, 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 how do you say it? 
I think it's Ditkin. Ditkin. Okay. And Romain and I had coffee together in Paris last year, so he's going to find it terribly insulting that I didn't get his name right. And I know he's a regular uh, listener of the podcast. So for what I just did to your name, Romain, I'm going to make it up to you by praising you for being <laughs> really the world's preeminent scholar on Sino-Chadian relations. And this is a guy you definitely want to follow. Um, he is, uh, he, he, he's a PhD candidate out of Paris, and uh, he also does a lot of writing, also with Daniel Large, who is another guy you're going to want to follow. They do a lot on Sudan as well. In particular, let me point you guys to uh, a policy briefing from SAIA, that's the South African Institute of International Affairs, from June 2012. And it's called Refining Relations, Chad's Growing Links with China by Romain and Daniel. Uh, and it's an excellent overview of, of Sino-Chadian relations. And one of the most interesting things from this 2012 report, and you put it in the context of what happened today, is how much promise that, uh, you know, China's relationships with Chad had. Uh, you know, they, that Chad, you know, uh, bailed on Taiwan in 2006, my guess with a little bit of help of Chinese cash, uh, opened up diplomatic relations, and then, you know, opened, paved the way for CNPC to come in. Now, as Romain and Daniel write, uh, that relationship with CNPC has never been really smooth. Now, that might just be because Chad is one of the most difficult places in the world to do business. Uh, the Chinese are probably not the easiest. But, Cobus, when you talk about these, you know, safety violations, Chad doesn't strike me, and again, I'm speaking, I might be way off base here, but Chad doesn't strike me to be the kind of country that, you know, does steady, consistent enforcement of safety, you know, violations. Uh, so the fact that they weren't working with helmets and proper safety gear, you know, I, I read that as there's got to be something else, that we're missing a big part of the story as to what went down between CNPC and, uh, and, and, the, and the oil ministry. Yeah, like that, that was the feeling I got as well, although I don't, I have no idea what that might be. Um, you know, kind of the other thing to keep in mind is that um, the CNPC refinery, um, you know, that, that is a, a major kind of investment and that also, uh, you know, kind of made it possible for, for Chad to really export not only crude oil, but, you know, kind of refined oil, which is obviously, you know, kind of is, is more valuable. And um, that is owned 60% by CNPC and 40% by the Chadian government. So it's, it's like a co-production between the two of them. Um, you know, kind of, so some of the, some of the uh, fights between them, which interestingly included both issues around um, the domestic price for fuel um, and also the safety of Chinese diplomats and workers within Chad. You know, kind of, so it seemed that the, the kind of disagreements seem to have come from both sides. Um, you know, kind of those, those kind of, they, they had two shutdowns, production shutdowns over the, you know, since they started in 2011. Um, so the, the, that relationship is very rocky. Um, but at the same time, they, they, they do co-own it. You know, kind of, so it seems like in, even if the even if all production is shut down, like the BBC and so on say at the moment, I can imagine they probably won't stay shut down for that long. You know, and Chad has not been an oil-producing country for that long, in part because it's been isolated. It's a landlocked country, and it only uh, really became on you know an oil power uh, in 2003 when a when a four billion dollar pipeline. I think that was World Bank funded. If I remember back from my conversation with Romain, yes. that was World Bank yes. funded, and it was a very controversial type of World Bank funding. Because if I remember correctly, uh, that it was done by the International Finance Corporation, which is the private uh, investment arm. I'm sure I'm going to be corrected if I'm wrong on this. 
So I, I do put that out there. Uh, but nonetheless, that, that pipeline is what's opened up the pathway for, uh, for, for CNPC and others to come in. You know, China is seeing an opportunity. SawChat is another way to diversify its oil supplies. But yet it also you know, shows the peril that Chinese companies face when they go into uh, some of the least developed countries in the world. This is what we've seen in both South Sudan and Sudan as well. What kind of lessons do you think the Chinese might take away from the experience that they're facing in Chad here from, from what's going on? Um, you I mean, know, it's, it's hard difficult to, tell, to say I mean. because I don't, I don't, yeah, it's hard to tell because I don't know the situation very well. I think what's what's important to keep in mind is that um, there are a bunch of international oil companies involved here as well. So CNBC is one, um, but apparently Tolo, which is a, a British company, is moving towards a memorandum of understanding for oil exploration with the Chadian government. And also, the um, even though the, the lion's share of the funding for that pipeline came from the World Bank, and the World Bank withdrew from the relationship later, um, you know, kind of after the, the main loan was repaid. Um, but there was also some financing, apparently, coming from Petronas, which is a Malaysian company, and was also heavily in, uh, invested in Sudan, um, or South Sudan then, um, and ExxonMobil and Chevron. Um, you know, so you, you see there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I think this is the, the kind of key moment also to make a distinction between big Chinese companies and the Chinese government, you know, which is sometimes difficult to make, but uh, ma- major oil companies are involved in, in Chad. So that, I would guess, complicates the situation. And one of the things that, that struck me about this as well is that going back to, to my conversation with Roman last year, is that he brought up, and again, I hope that we can have the opportunity to have him on the show uh, to talk about this because he really is absolutely fascinating, uh, was how CNPC was actually making quite a few inroads on the corporate social responsibility uh, line there. And that com- that might come as a surprise for a lot of people who don't really associate the Chinese with a strong CSR record. Uh, but this, you know, Chad was one of the places where CNPC, apparently, according to Romain's research, who he spent time on the ground there, uh, was actually doing something. So when they got basically slapped down for, for ba- what effectively are CSR violations, again, I, I, I'm not sure who to believe here. Um, you know, this does, as we don't know much about this story, something is clearly missing here. Uh, but it is a story that we wanted to bring up in part because uh, Chad doesn't really make it onto the headlines that often anymore. Uh, and so this was a story that kind of just all, you know, popped out and we said, okay, we have to talk about it, even though we don't have very much information. So uh, let's get some final thoughts from you, Kobus, on, on what, uh, what what's going on in Chad. And do you think that there is anything larger going on with respect to, to China's oil companies operating in Africa? Well, you know, kind of, it's it's interesting. I think CNPC is an interesting case. They are um, increasingly heavily invested in, in Africa. They recently bought uh, or bought rights to, uh, to for gas exploration off the coast of Mozambique. Um, so I think it's really important to to keep a to keep track of these companies and what they're invested in, um, you know, and 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 where they are um, and what the kind of relationships are that they that they create. Um, that's a difficult thing to study because frequently, you know, kind of a lot of that that, that information is frequently just not available. Um, and even you know, kind of hardcore academics frequently have problems really kind of getting behind that that kind of uh, information. But it's really important to keep one's eye on it. I think I agree, um, yeah. because you know, kind of the 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 role of, of 
of massive Chinese multinationals um, and their complicated relationship with the Chinese government. That's a, that's something that's going to shape China-Africa relations a lot in the future. I think it's already shaping it. And CNBC, of course, is the largest company that you've never heard of. Uh, it is uh, it's one of the largest companies in the world. Uh, if not, it actually it's I think it's in the top five of the Fortune 500, uh, and it will only continue to get bigger because this is uh, China's demand for oil is not shrinking at all. Uh, and China's hunt for oil is only going to increase. Uh, CNBC is extraordinarily busy in the Middle East. They deal with Iran. They deal. They have operations in Sudan, uh, in Angola, basically everywhere. And so, uh, so CNBC, I agree with you, Cobus, is definitely one of these companies that we should keep an eye on, uh, as they are. Uh, they're incredibly influential, and what they do matters a lot. So that'll do it for this edition of the of the podcast. Uh, if we, if you'd like to comment on this, and if you know more about this subject, we admit. Admittedly, are, are a little bit thin on this show uh, because this is uh, this is a little bit out of our depth here. So, if you happen to be uh, a fellow Sino Chadian scholar like Romain and Daniel Large, we'd love to hear from you. Our Facebook page is really the best place to reach us over at facebook.com/slash. China Africa Project. Uh, Cobus and I are on every single day. We're updating the page almost 18 hours a day, which is really fantastic, thanks to our time zone differences between Asia and Africa. Uh, and so this is a great way for you to comment. You can also follow us on Twitter. And if people want to find you on Twitter, where's the best place to, to do that, Cobus? I am at Stadenesque. That's S-T-A-D-E-N-E-S-Q-U-E. And you can find me over at E-O-Lander. That's E-O-L-A-N-D-E-R. I'm tweeting almost every day on the top China-Africa stories. Uh, we're also on Weibo at Weibo.com slash Zhongfeixiangmu for those of you who speak Chinese. Uh, and, of course, if you want to follow us uh, on the podcast, iTunes is the best place to do it. But we're also on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, on the BlackBerry Network. We're now on the Kindle Fire and uh, you can also, of course, find us in the uh, Android App Store, Google Play, as well as on the Apple App Store as well. So that'll do it for this edition of the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week with another edition of the China in Africa podcast. Mm-hmm.